Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, the ladies have taken over and we do our best to get out of the way as we look at the issues the strong women in our lives see in the church today. everybody welcome back to good christian people the podcast <laughs> episode 44 yes ma yes <laughs> it is ridiculous it is more ridiculous the second time even knowing it was coming and josie what was that language that was klingon yeah that real language is klingon it's like tolkien it, honestly it's on the same level as like tolkien and elvish mm-hmm. where it's like it's a legitimate language that someone just made up yeah like like there is a literal like multiple sources have referenced that as the act the actual statement multiple like, sources you have that as your default browser don't you no Klingon. it's like somebody <laughs> multiple places have this have the same phrase yeah it's like not like someone just randomly made it up yeah a lot of people living in basements um guys so this is uh this is an exciting exciting episode i appreciate you doing your best version of tim i with the the podcast i think he's done that one time but you picked it up and really ran with it josie uh we are really excited today is a totally different experience than we've ever had before we have three ladies on the podcast not including me and josie <laughs> this is very exciting i'm gonna go around so here's the deal we have this is our 44th episode and uh we have had people who have come on who have had phds we had to refer to them as doctors and have conversations with them that was scary we've had three police officers that were all armed and and they uh i mean that was intimidating i've never been more intimidated <laughs> than by this conversation we we're about to have so we have three ladies with us i want to introduce uh well let's start with someone that everybody's going to be familiar with brianna is back brianna say hey what's up thanks so anyway then uh our <laughs> next no brianna's back we're glad to have her um we uh we had a good episode last week and talking about a lot of fun things like abortion and pro-life that was that was <laughs> very light uh, yeah and i was getting concerned because for a while you were the guest we had had on the most and then i think last week you tied with brandon morris and so what we had to make sure is that while brandon is not here his significantly better half <laughs> is here and so i'm still counting the morrises as having go. more uh more episodes than the than the Jarrett. so everybody <laughs> i want to introduce to you my friend sharia morris hey how are you, Shreya? I'm good, thank you. And you have given us permission to call you Raya. That's right. You said only people that you're very close friends with <laughs> and Absolutely. everyone else in the world is allowed to call you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all. You're you're the brains behind more love. I am. Uh, I really am. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Brandon is the tech. Yes. And so I love Brandon so much. Uh, but so this is very nerve wracking because two of my uh, my best friends' wives are sitting across from me. But even scarier is my actual best friend in real life my wife everyone say hello to jen higgins 
Hi, and I just wanted to point out oh, that no. Brianna does have a doctorate, actually. Oh, it's thank you. Um, thank you, Jen. So, thank you. I didn't know, in the spirit of this episode, I don't know if it counts because she's a woman. Oh, but she is. <laughs> dang, you're right out of the gate. <laughs> that was a joke. Guys, we're getting started. No, totally a joke, Jeff. but Brianna Burn. is an attorney who does have a doctorate. I have a yes. jurist I just want to put that out there. Jeff. Okay, so anyway, it's time for confession, and let's end this episode right now. <laughs> I do not like. I've already felt like this episode is going to go long, and if it's going to go long, I don't like where it's headed already. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, I do have now that you're on the podcast, I have to ask you: Have you ever listened to this podcast without me getting in the car and saying, "Hey, you want to listen to the newest episode?" Absolutely, yes. Oh, I have really? when I don't have any other podcasts <laughs> <laughs> because I have a whole. You keep finding new ones every time you're yeah. walking around the house and you're listening to another podcast. I'm like, that doesn't sound like me. But I blow through them. Also, if I listen in front of you, you will come over and start telling me about it. <laughs> and I'm like, can I just listen to it like all the people are listening to it? Yeah. But so I, just, I do it I in like the car. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I'm very intimidated because... Um, you guys know stuff and uh, <laughs> and it's, it's going to be good. We're going to have some wild conversations. But in terms of like this past week, I don't know if anybody's had anything exciting, but I know, Rhea, you and your family have participated in this viral thing that is happening. You did voila pictures. Yeah. You did the app. You did it where they make you into little cartoons. Yes. Your family looked amazing. I looked oh. at it and I was like, oh, I know who, who that is. Uh, we have tried it and I just I have not been thrilled with the way this thing makes my face look. So she's mad at me because she's like, it, we all look great. I'm like, I look like Quasimodo. No. And I, would prefer, <laughs> I would prefer to just. There not, are a couple where you look much better than you do in real life. And <laughs> like really good. Yeah. And I would like it if you would use those. Permanently. <laughs> uh, Brianna, have, have you all, I mean, I sent you, I had pictures of you and Fred and I, I, I cartooned you, but that's not something you guys are going to do. No, we don't know. We didn't know anything about it. When I saw, just until this very moment, like I didn't know what, what it was about. Oh. Cause you're not on social media for reals. Not really. I mean, yeah. I'm on Instagram, but. So you're not on the real social media. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not on the Facebook. The Facebook. the Facebook. Thank you yeah. for calling it the Facebook. Yeah. I'm not on the Facebook. Not on the Facebook. Okay, and so this week a lot of kids are wrapping up school. Are your guys? Are, do your kids? Are they done? Do they still have more to do? This week they're yeah. done. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> have you been? Have you done any of the hybrid, or has it just been everything online? For the everything past year? is online at home oh, with wow. me. Oh, oh Lord! What's cool? <laughs> yes. What's um, you can say what's okay. cool. Well, they go to a school in Rosedale, Maryland. Okay, yeah. And so it's Baltimore County. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, I'm ready for them to be done. Yeah. Because yeah. I also work from home. And it's, mom, <laughs> so, my computer's not working. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, please help me, God. <laughs> what grades are they in? Um, they're finishing the third grade in kindergarten. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Yeah. So our first year. You're in the weeds. Year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Her first year of school is at home. That's yeah. crazy. Sucks. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Brianna, are your kids, what are they doing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I should have had Fred. Fred, yeah. Sorry. And we have two teenagers, which is, we have a, a kid who's going into high school now. Ooh, I know. Wow, guys. I don't understand. I feel super old. Yeah. I don't feel great about it. No. I keep threatening to stop feeding him. Same. 
Yeah. I mean, he's so he's so, going he's in so in ninth so tall grade. Too. Yeah. And so he finished school because we were doing homeschooling through a Liberty curriculum and he finished, he wanted to get done and like have the longest summer he could. And joy is sort of just like, I'll get done when I get done. <laughs> we're like, we're good. Whatever you need to do. Yeah. We're paid up. So yeah, we're, we wanna... told them, we told them in April, we said, you're paid up. So however long you take now, you're cutting into your summer break. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so she's like, okay. They were both homeschooled. Just for yeah, this just year. for this not, year. Not by choice. Um, okay. Nothing against homeschooling, but I it's not our calling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh no. gosh, no. Their <laughs> principal sucked. It, it was oh, Jeff. No. It was me. <laughs> Every day he would be like, "They're not doing what they're supposed to do." And I'm like, "Oh, oh remember the thing we agreed about at the beginning of the year right, where so you the take next away thing. their devices? <laughs> Did you yeah. do that?" And every day he's like, "No." <laughs> I, like, I don't. I want them to like me. I know, but that's a. Oh my gosh, I could not care less about whether my kids <laughs> yeah. like That's me. a whole different pocket. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. I know. I just, yeah, that's what you care if your children like you. No. I don't well, care. but I mean, no, it's right? different. It's, <laughs> I could care less. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care if my kids like I mean, I, I hope they like me, but they adore you. But as they should. But <laughs> it's because I didn't take away their phones. But, but like no. when you're also having to do, I don't know if you found this, Rhea, but okay. for me, it was like also having to be the heavy with school. They were just like, I don't want to talk to you yeah and so i was like okay you know if for your mental health you need to have your phone so you can still kind of listen to music and we even bought one of the stupid echo dots for the basement yeah and uh and, and they and and then i would be good hey go play classical music because apparently that's supposed to like get everybody thinking i think well. it's too late for them i think that's like when they're in the womb yeah <laughs> it's too late for them your yeah. brains yeah. Are too, they late. Are. <laughs> too late so you're excited for the kids to be out i but am how is that going to like, how is summer going to look different now that they are just going to be home every day as well? I think it was the stress of them stopping me because their schooling wasn't working yeah. and all that. And that took precedence. So if I was in a conference call, I had to leave because they yeah. had to get back into class and just all those things. So just go have fun and leave me alone. Yeah. You have yeah. each other, leave me alone. I'm working. And yeah. I think that that's going to be, easier for me yeah <laughs> just sit all the fun things and yeah. front of, pick something yeah go get one of dad's twelve thousand movies <laughs> and like, leave me alone yeah yeah that's good that's yeah. good yeah our kids are excited to uh to sleep until 4 p.m oh nice yeah it's gonna be good but um so here's what we're gonna do oh one thing brandon pointed this out and i thought this was really astute and just take a second i didn't tell you guys we're gonna do this but brandon said this is the first episode of this podcast in which Everybody on the panel knows their Enneagram number. <laughs> oh. We haven't talked about that like at all. Um, I, I don't know what Tim's is. I don't think he, uh, maybe he knows. I don't know. But uh, Sherea, you and Brandon like help people work through understanding their Enneagram numbers. Yes. We were over at your house one time and you explained to us what our numbers meant. And, uh, and it was, it was pretty wild. So <laughs> you, I'm a, I forget what number I am. Except, well, as I just said, we all, I think I was a seven. I was whatever yes. the clown was. Yeah, it was, was like, a nine. you don't take something seriously. That's oh, the were. seven. That's okay. the seven. Okay. And joyful I hated person. having that. Yeah. I don't consider myself to be that. You're not a joyful person. He's an extremely joyful oh, person. I, see. <laughs> I, I, did, I don't know. Like, it, I, I think it was the whole thing of it. You don't take anything seriously kind of no. thing. And I didn't like that. I think that's how you read it. That's not what it means. That's how. I, yeah, I made it up. I He's made a little up. defensive, I think. And what number were you? Six. Six. And it was right on. Yeah. Okay. It is who I am. Yeah. That's the loyalist. Yeah. 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 Brianna, do you remember your number? Oh, I haven't done an actual, like a real 
Enneagram evaluation, but I'm pretty confident I'm a one. <laughs> okay. What is so a one? That is like the, a perfectionist. Yeah, the perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. hard, yeah. hard one. You guys should get with Brandon and Raya. Yeah. Because they really oh, know I, their stuff. I really, I mean, I'm fascinated by the Enneagram. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm doing all the things you're not supposed to do, which is like type people. Like, I'm, oh, but I'm not, yeah. like, I don't know enough. I'm just, I know enough to be dangerous. So I'm like, oh. You're a seven. You're a three. I'm yeah. a one. You know. Um, but yeah, no. I I read all the descriptions and I was like, oh, I'm a one. I'm a perfectionist. Nothing's good enough. I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's so funny because when people read their enneagrams, they pick out all the negative things yeah. about yeah. it, and it's yeah. just not accurate. Yeah. Like yeah. you see all the negative stuff, but there's so many wonderful qualities in all of the numbers. Oh, each one yeah. I think had yeah. a really. I, I listened to. Uh, Jen Hatmaker did a whole series, and each episode they focus on one Enneagram nice. number. So okay. I and I was really fascinated by yeah. it. But I'm pretty sure that Fred is also a seven. Uh, Fred for sure. Yeah, would be a seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd but be a- it, it's so fun. Like I self-diagnosed myself as a one, <laughs> and I also determined that he's a seven. Okay. So whatever we do, lots of projects, and there's no one to stop me. Like everything <laughs> that I want to do, he's like, "Yes, how can I be so supportive of this?" Aww. And we're all about it, you know. But there's no one to stop me is the problem. But yeah, anyway, yeah. And what are you, Raya? I'm an eight, okay. the powerful person. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's going to tie in real well with yes, what we're going to yes, talk yes, about yes, here is. in Thank a little bit. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like eight wing eight. It's like, yeah, like I came to fight somebody. Somebody's getting punched today, which is why I'm sitting the farthest but away eights, from you. I think eights, they appreciate when people stand up to them. Oh, yeah. Yes. Eights okay. respect authority. We're going to do great right. here, guys. Right, it's my yeah. turn to talk now, Rhea. <laughs> like if you Just back down, down from an ladies. eight, because I know there are some people in my life who are also eights, and yeah. I learned the hard way, like you cannot back down from an eight. No. Then they like lose all respect for you. Like, it's you so to, true. I'm so sorry but it's so very very true yeah. <laughs> that explains one of my past jobs I <laughs> just figured out what i did I wrong back down from them then they're like yeah i got yeah. it yeah. yeah absolutely all right so here's what we're doing today um we're actually that's going to tie in really well josie do you know your enneagram number i don't adhere to things like that <laughs> oh, yeah, here. <laughs> reminds me of horoscopes and those are sinful right get out of here um Hilarious. So we are going to so here's what's happening tim right now the southern baptist convention convention is happening uh they're meeting they're they're doing worship they're having sermons and they're going to vote on just a couple of few things which will determine whether or not apparently according to josiah the southern baptist convention continues to stand uh, what are we voting in uh his his majesty uh mike stone that's not happening <laughs> i'm to be careful i don't think that's happening i don't think that will happen i i, I feel pretty confident that won't happen. Wait, wait, his Wikipedia tomorrow. page says he's a karate fighter, fight choreographer. No, this is someone else. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but Mike Stone is a pretty good name. Uh, I mean, it's a stage name. It's got to be a stage name. Um, so Tim is there right now. And what we're going to do is, is since he's out, we wanted to give this opportunity to do an episode that we want to do for a long time. Next week, we are going to have Tim back in and the three of us, me, Josie and Tim, and maybe Raya. She may just her, the Enneagram eight may come in and be like, I'm coming back. Um, <laughs> We'll be able to sit down and kind of break down some of the denominational things that are happening and just sort of explain uh, what's going on on a grand scale in terms of the convention. If denominational politics is not really your bag, uh, next week might not be a ton of fun, but we are going to talk about some things that are happening here at home 
home being the Southern Baptist Convention, not what's going on in our own church. But we also, I believe, episode 45, I believe there's going to be a special announcement made. So I, we will whet your appetite and hopefully you will tune in and hear what our special announcement about the show will be. And we will do that early. So if denominational politics is not your bag, you can... You can jump ship. Off topic, did Uh you know that apparently, according to Washington Post reporting, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention is the largest Protestant convention in America? Oh, yeah. Denomination? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By a significantly large margin. Oh, absolutely. The the minority churches in the Southern Baptist Convention, which accounts for like 10% of the whole, um, outnumbers uh, the Lutheran Church. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're we're big. We're big. And, um, And so we'll talk about that a little bit next week. Uh, so, but what we're going to do today is we are going to turn this episode over to the ladies. We have been wanting to do an episode and we promoted a couple, a couple months ago, uh, an episode on strong women in the church. And so we wanted to bring you guys in. You were some of the strongest women and, and with, you know, personalities that we, that we know and that we have access to and thought it'd be really fun to, and intimidating to get all of us in a room together and just have some conversations about the church, about what you guys see, what you experience and, uh, and just hear you guys go about it. Really what we're doing is, is this is the test piloting whether or not this becomes the next podcast uh, is if the three of you want to become, and we'll call it strong, <laughs> strong church ladies. Uh, that, may, that may be the thing. We're going to see how the numbers on this go. But I wanted to ask a, a really important question just to kind of start us off uh, as you guys are, are very strong women in the church. Um, what is, and I'd like to go around the room and ask each of you, what is your favorite casserole to bring to potlucks? Oh my, why? I'm just kidding. Okay, thank you. <laughs> really? I'm okay. kidding. Oh my god! You were making me scramble for an answer there. I was no, like, no, no. Brianna made it very clear uh, in, in the lead up to here. She goes, don't you dare ask us about casseroles. We don't want to talk about <laughs> casseroles. Oh, I did say that. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, strong women. So what does that phrase mean to you guys? Uh, is that an offensive thing when we kind of label you as a strong woman? I mean, I know personally for me, uh, I identify you all as that, but I don't mean that in a disparaging way. But is that taken in an offensive way? Is that a compliment, encouraging? What does it mean for you all to be considered a strong woman? And do you even consider yourself a strong woman? So I will say. Yeah, <laughs> go eight. Um, I do consider myself to be a strong woman. However... And unfortunately, um, for black women, that stereotype of angry black woman comes up when I exert myself. Sure. And so there are times when like, oh, yeah, she has a strong personality. And the way that they say it is as if it's bad. Yeah. You know, so sometimes I feel like I love being strong. I love being confident. I love that I can stand up for myself. And then in other situations, I'm like maybe I should dumb down my power, if you will, Mm. because I don't want to offend anyone, but then I'm not being me. I'm not being authentic. And then the people who know me are like, what's that? What are you doing? That's not you. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm a powerful person. I just am. I have a strong personality. So it can, it can be tough to, to just like it, to like being a strong person because it's not always, um, received well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you think it's not received well? I, like, let's compare it to uh, a man. So if a man, if we were to say that's a strong leader right there, that's a strong personality, we typically look at that as that's a compliment. That's somebody who deserves to be at the top and I want to follow that person. You don't feel that way. 
like it, it, it's it's more of a hindrance to you as a woman to be identified as a strong woman. That's not a that's not a virtue that we like in our ladies. Absolutely. And I mean, people, when they identify me as a strong person, then they automatically think that I run over my husband, mm. that I don't respect authority, that I'm always I'm always going to push back every time we have a conversation. And I'm like, no, I'm not that kind of person that looks for a fight. I will not back down from one. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared to engage, but I'm not looking for a fight, nor do I enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that that's a... Um, that's just a hard stereotype to try to fight. Like I'm always having to fight that in certain circles. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I don't even want to fight it. So I'm just going to back away. I'm not going to speak first. I'm not going to raise my voice with passion and I'm not even angry. You know, I'm just passionate about the topic. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's like, calm down, Sharia. It's not that big of a deal. Mm. You need to calm down. I'm like, but you can get riled up and it's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah, I don't think that it's always looked at as a good thing to be a powerful or strong female, mm-hmm. especially, unfortunately, for African-Americans because of that stereotype, mm-hmm. you know, that we just walk around angry. Like, sure. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna, what about you? Um, So I don't think there's I don't think there's any place in the in the church for like really strong women right like I just don't think that there is um I haven't seen that and I I think it's challenging for me as I get older and the longer that I'm that I'm doing ministry is to not care and to just like you were saying um just embrace it and just be yourself because I you know in women so many times it's um described as like over the top like you're just being too much um but a a man wouldn't be described that way at all like Mm. no no one would describe a man as like a strong oh you're a really strong man like no (laughs) one would say that right call a man weak right but But they don't normally describe men as strong it's just kind of assumed yes but uh, there's no place like there's no place for that in the church um and i'm learning to just not care i mean you can be passionate about a topic um, and you can be outspoken about it and, and people are going to take that the wrong way. And that's, it is the way it is, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to navigate that and to stop doing some things that as women were taught from a really young age to do, mm-hmm. like qualify what we're saying before we say it, Fra- phrase it like a question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, instead of saying, I'm lear- and it's something I still have to teach myself to do, like not just in church, but also um, in the workplace to not start by saying, well, I really think, and I could be wrong. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's how I feel about it. I don't, I'm not crazy about the term strong women just because, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, cons- I don't know that I consider myself a strong woman. I mean, I was raised by, with other women around who were also really strong. I just thought that's how women were. So hmm. Um, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. That's a non-answer. You go, you go, Jen. That's a very strong <laughs> non-answer. See, and Jeff knows I've struggled with this because I think a lot of people describe me as strong because they know I was in the military for a long time. But like, I look at the two of you and I go, Alpha. And I'm like, com- that's a compliment. I don't consider myself to be an alpha. But definitely, if you're someone who's close to me, like my family that lives with me or my family that raised me they'll be like she's terrifying (laughs) so 
I don't know. I don't think I'm an alpha. I don't think I'm a natural leader. I found myself in leadership roles, but I don't think that's a gift of mine. But I guess I think I, I think my problem is that I'm equating strong with maybe with leadership and it's two different things. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind it. It depends on who's saying it, because you do hear some men who when they say strong woman or you hear women, too, when they say strong woman, they mean difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I know coming from you, I know it comes from a place of admiration and love. And having been married to you, I know you really like strong women. <laughs> So kudos. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it. That was a very loving fist bump. Yeah. Now you just take five real quick. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> no, we won't. We won't. We're forty-four episodes in. I mean, like, come on. You do love strong women. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, rejoice you, in it. Yeah. No, and our and and you're raising our daughter to be like. Terrifying. I tell you what. Yeah. She. The one thing we can look at and go, she doesn't as a, and, I, and maybe this will change, but as a 13 year old, she does not lack self-confidence. Mm. And currently there is no man who is going to do something to her that she does not consent to. And, yes. and that's like, that, is, that comes from you. I like, want to share something about her. She, she'll be like walking down the street with her friends and someone will, and it's probably not even somebody who wants to like kidnap them. But if they're even like looking at her, she barks at them. <laughs> She, she just automatically bark. assumes I it's a dude it. who wants to be disrespectful and she barks at him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, a, I mean, I love it. Yeah. I no. love that. I, I love, like, I love that both, well, all three of my kids, but I love, especially that my daughters have so much confidence. Yeah. I mean, extreme amounts. Too of, much sometimes. A little with bit mine, too yeah. much. But uh, I mean, I don't want them, I, I don't want them to feel like. I don't know if I should say this or if it's going to be too much. No, I think women need to know you are not too much. Yeah. And yeah. you and the more we can encourage that because everyone benefits from multiple perspectives and I think what the church is really missing is women's voices a lot of times and I think it's because we raise women to be sweet and um to be submissive and I'm definitely not raising my daughters like that, nope. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Yeah. Well, and let, let's talk about that, okay? So let's talk about the church because um, it, it's very clear. This is not something that's, you know, fake news. Studies, and, and this has gone for decades, have shown that women are disproportionately more religious and more active in the church than men. By like, a, I forget how much it was, but it was significant mm-hmm. that what we see in the church is predominantly women uh, and and not just women in terms of activity and, and and participation, but just their own spiritual disciplines outside of the church. That women just tend to pray more. That women tend to be engaged in reading their Bible more and and more consistent in their devotions. Um, and I would, and and yet I, I think some of the issue, and, and we're gonna I'm sure hit on this, is that uh, women don't always have the platform to speak to issues and give voice to the concerns that they have. Um, and so their experiences aren't always known. And that means that they often go unheard or even ignored. And we're not going to do that today. Uh, we wanted to turn the microphones on and let you ladies just have at it and, and help us in the church understand what is the perspective of women. Because I know um, we in a Southern Baptist church, our elders are all men. And so when we all sit around, we talk about things that, that guide the church and direct the church as best we know how from our perspectives. And we try to pull from the wisdom of those around us. But we also don't have the same perspectives that a woman would have. 
and so and and not not even just the perspective but i would say particularly on our on our staff and i think this is indicative of most church structured leaderships we aren't blessed with the same kind of empathy or awareness that i think a woman would have uh, and and therefore and and sometimes that can be good. Sometimes you know we cannot get bogged down in in certain. Um, I hate to use the word emotion, but uh, just kind of I know I know my, okay. My wife is giving me a face already. Like that was the wrong word to use. Uh, but that that we can kind of say okay, we're going to divorce ourselves from the feeling of this, and we're just going to make a decision. But it, often that ends up allowing you know causing people to be hurt in our wake, and so. I think it's really important that we have these conversations and understand what does the church look like for you all. And again, as we've said for every guest who comes on here, you're giving your perspective. It's not representative of every single person who is a woman. Uh, but we do want to hear like, what is, what are you all experiencing? And so before we take a look at issues and topics inside the church, I want to talk personally first, what is it like as a woman trying to find your identity in Christ? Like, what does that process look like for you? What are the challenges and the blessings in this? It's just as a woman in your own relationship with the Lord, um, how do you foster that? What does it look like finding your identity in Christ? Um, I don't know. I think that's, it's like a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever had necessarily a problem with it because I was raised in a Christian church and I had two parents who were I guess also very powerful um, people and they were very diligent in teaching us, you know, the ways of the Lord and, and stuff like that. Now I grew up a daddy's girl. So I found my identity in Christ through my dad. Mm. My dad likes God. So I'm going to like God. Mm. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately I grew up a false convert because I believe that I was saved because of my father's faith, mm. you know, even though he taught me the right perspective and all of that, um, I really didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord until I went to college and realized I didn't have a relationship <laughs> with the Lord. <laughs> um, and so just establishing that and but also trying to find examples in the Bible of women or people who looked like me and and thought like me or whatever the case may be and how they um, navigated, I guess. Um, and there are some examples of really strong women in the Bible. And I'm like, I can be strong. I can have this personality. Because, of course, we can also find scriptures that say women should be submissive and docile mm-hmm. and not talk and all these things. And I'm like, I can't not talk. <laughs> that is not me. So how am I supposed to navigate? But there are also, I believe, a ton of scriptures that do um, really promote women and their roles and and how they're supposed to uh, like the platforms they should be given and the fact that they are helpers and you need us men you Mm -hmm. cannot do this without us um and so i feel like it's very important for me to see the gifts and the qualities that the lord has given me and then figure out how i can use that i am blessed to have a church that utilizes all of my gifts Mm. I don't feel like I'm lacking in being the strong and powerful person. So this hasn't been too difficult for me as far as like how my church has has been with women and, and things like that. Now, there are these one off people that discriminate or, you know, whatever. But um, overall, I haven't I haven't found it difficult to be a, a strong woman in the church um, that hasn't been my 
testimony i'll say sure so i don't know if any yeah. of you have dealt with anything <laughs> okay i'll go so so i got saved later in life okay. um like i knew about god but we didn't go to church so you know i don't know like if there was really something bad was happening i might pray very clumsily but it wasn't until i was 22 that i got saved and then i was in like the, i call it a honeymoon phase where I thought everything was just going to be perfect and I was going to marry a pastor and like life Oops. was just going to be gravy. <laughs> well, and and you mentioned like how the sausage is made. And so I think I skipped along a lot longer than a normal person would have. <laughs> I think I was 30 before I started to have some questions and, you know, kind of make my faith my own. Um, and yeah, I have struggled. I mean, I think when you first look at the Bible as a woman, not criticizing the Bible. I'm just saying you. it, it was written um, in relation to a culture where women were not valued. valued. Yeah, I mean, men were allowed to kill their wives. Roman women did not have names. <laughs> they were named after their clan. They That's how unimportant they were. So do I think that was colored? You know, but do I think that's how Jesus felt? No. And And so when I look at the Bible and I see how Jesus valued women and... I don't know. I, I hate that this is my always my go-to because I feel like it's awkward in front of some men. But I love to read about the woman with the, the issue of blood just because she, like we often feel, or at least people try to make us feel, um, there's something just innately shameful in a woman's body. <laughs> something about it that's dirty and sinful. And I just love her bravery and, and just believing, I'm just going to touch Jesus. He's not even going to know. And just that when he when he called her out, she risked it all and embarrassed herself to be like, yo, I've been bleeding. <laughs> so now you got to go through ritual, you know, cleansing and hey, everybody here, you're dirty. Sorry. You know, I but I just love that Jesus was like, man, yeah, you're healed. You know, um, I just see Jesus, you know, through a lot of obstacles saying he loves women, he values women. So as far as finding my identity in Christ, I, I know it. I don't think everybody else does. <laughs> um, but do I need them to? No. But <laughs> yeah. does that make sense? Or yeah. am I just rambling? No, it makes sense. Okay. But it also... Not it, that I'm it, looking to you to no, let me, validate let me, val me. Let me validate you. Um, no. <laughs> but it, it is, you know, certainly I, I agree with what you're saying that you can... You know, as as a child of God, as, as a woman, you go. This is where I see how it's how I see Jesus treating women, mm -hmm. and that's enough for me. But it would also be really nice if the people around us would also agree with that. It would be like great. you know that that seems that would, seems like a good thing that if we were to follow Jesus and Jesus that treats people this way and views people this way, then we should just go ahead and adopt that. Well, one thing I would like to mention, please, because this is kind of in line with my beliefs about women in leadership, you know, in the church. You were talking about how how men might not have as much empathy and maybe they're not driven as much by emotion. And I would like to challenge that mm. and that I think there are people who are driven by emotion, male mm. and female. I think when you have men who are that way, they are often discounted or insulted by saying they're weak mm -hmm. or they're feminine and they're not. That's how God made them. And then you have women who might be more submissive or more passive and so they get dismissed as weak but that's not necessarily who they are and when you have women who are strong they're problematic but you have men who are strong and that's right on I just I think that God creates he gives some people the biblical gift of leadership and sometimes it's a man and sometimes it's a woman and 
I think that was always his design, and I think that got blown up in the Garden of Eden. Oh, I agree. And I think we're... I think if we started to recognize that and let people be who they are, meaning that if a man's a little more emotional, maybe he mm-hmm. wants to work in the nursery. I don't know. Maybe he cries. <laughs> That's yeah. good. And maybe if a woman is uh, a little more forceful or opinionated, it doesn't mean she's problematic. Maybe she's the leader that God created her to be. I like that, I'm Jen. Going All for right. it. Now I'm here. I feel like I'm it. talking too much. See, no, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask Jeff to not talk while I go ahead and share my part of this. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that seemed very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> um so I I grew up I mean, I grew up in a church going family and I suffered from the evangelical culture of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes kiss dating thank goodbye you. i kissed dating thank goodbye you. thank you for your service i jumped on that bandwagon but i grew up also like in a denomination where i uh routinely saw women speaking in church so it was kind of a new experience for me like coming to a southern baptist church where women didn't speak um from the pulpit so that was kind of new for me i just honestly i just grew up you know, knowing that women speak in church. So this was kind of new. And I would say like, the I, I think the bigger struggle that I have right now in church is that my family doesn't fit the gender mold mm-hmm. of most families of, um, you know, so most Southern Baptist families, not all, but most. So, I mean, I'm the primary earner and my husband's with the kids most of the time right now. So, I mean, most women's, there's no women's Bible studies that are, that work around like a working mom schedule. I mean, honestly, like the women's ministry in this in most churches and in our church is um, it it's for stay-at-home moms, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like there's a big gaping hole for like working moms, and um, you know, I, in our family at least, like my <laughs> my husband knows all the uh, moms of the little kids because before we had <laughs> twins, before we had the twins, I mean, he was the he did the rotation in Sunday school. Because I was doing worship, yeah, with only other men until Becca came, yeah. So um, I didn't know any of the other moms because the moms group met while I was at work, and yeah. I get invited to Bible studies, but they're literally all when I'm at work. So I think there's a big hole um, for women in my circumstance. Like I come, I do worship ministry, and I leave, and I have almost like no interaction unless it's really, really intentional with other. Um, with other women I mean mm-hmm. I basically forced Jen to be my friend yeah. <laughs> I forced her I mean that she didn't have any say in it That's not and true. now it's too late there was serious <laughs> grooming over the pandemic there was <laughs> yeah I was you well, have to be really intentional about it yeah you do. Well, you figured out you do. her love language is food absolutely and so, oh, started bringing, yeah. Yeah. so Fred would just show up with like key lime pie and and homemade pasta and Jen's like I think we should be friends. Absolutely. Be friends. It was well, I mean, anyone would be your friend with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. So I, I appreciate you guys sharing sharing that. Here's what I want to do is uh, normally, as I told you guys, but for our listeners, normally I have a whole bunch of questions that try to guide us through a really, um, you know, in a direction that we can have a conversation and, and there's a lot of touch points we can hit and conversation things. But what I want to do now is just turn the microphones on, open it up and just have some conversation around a couple tables uh, to just discuss what are the major issues in the church that you have experienced that you feel strongly about that the topics that are on your heart, the unique experiences you've had, the perspectives that you've had, 
what are the things that when you look at the church and you can kind of, because the whole purpose of this podcast, and, and we say this often, is to look at ourselves, is to look at, at us as a church, as a, you know, made up of individuals, but as, as a collective group, and to say, we have some work that we need to do. Um, we need to identify some of the things that are not going well or that, that we can correct for the glory of God so that we can be the people that God has called us to be. And I'm really excited to have your all's thoughts and your voices in on this and just open it up and say, let's have some conversation. What are those areas that you think the church that is lacking in right now and that we need to take a look at? Um, society paints women as um, just being the object of men's desire. And so if you look at how ads are written up and stories and movies and music and all of that, um, we are just here for men's pleasure. And unfortunately, I think that um, it's there in the church. And unfortunately, there are scriptures that could be misconstrued to say, women look pretty and adorn <laughs> your hairs and then be quiet and soft-spoken. And then men take that to mean, you are here so that I can be happy. Mm. And unfortunately, I experienced that um, in a church setting. And so I'm not, of course, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, <laughs> right but, before she does. she just she, And his name was? This guy. No. <laughs> if you had to make up a name that sounded a whole lot like his, what would it be? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so um, I was a leader in church and um, this person was also a leader in church. Um, at the time, I believe I was worship leader, um, transitioning into being the church administrator. Um, and um, this guy came up to me and said, hey, when you have some time, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, sure. Everybody wants to talk to me because I'm the church administrator right. and you're a leader. And so we had a meeting and he was like, so I just wanted to say, um, you don't smile often <laughs> at all. And... I think that you should just smile more because it would make you seem more approachable. You seem like a mean person. And then he tried to qualify, like, I know that you're not mean because I know you. I know that you're not mean, mm. but you come off as mean because you don't smile. And it took everything. <laughs> that person's in the hospital. It took, <laughs> it took everything in me not to go off. I had to take several deep breaths and I was just like staring. <laughs> like, so how do I want this conversation to go? Because I'm me, but I'm also my husband's wife. Mm. I'm the church administrator. I'm a leader. People know me as the worship leader. Um, what am I going to do? Because, <laughs> you know, and so then I said, um, why am I supposed to just walk around smiling? Why do you feel like that's the expectation? You know, and he was like, because you come off mean. And I'm like, but you know me. And I'm like, hasn't it dawned on you or did it ever dawn on you to ask me how I'm doing? Mm -hmm. If I'm looking like something is wrong, why is it your initial response to say, smile, you'll be more approachable? Why is it, hey, I'm a leader in the church and I see that someone looks like they're upset or sad or whatever, let me see if I could pray for them or see mm -hmm. if there's something that's wrong why is it that your initial response he's like oh no 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 i'm not trying of course backpedaling right. and this person is also a powerful person so 
he would not back down either. Um, and so he was like, no, that's not what I meant. I just meant that some people could, you know, deem you as a mean person. And there are even some people that have asked me or, you know, whatever. Oh, good. And so I'm like, oh, who? Yep, <laughs> names. I want the names. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh-huh. No, you said that there were some people who had a problem with my personality or appearance. And first of all, since you say you know me, did you defend me? Yeah. At all? And he was like, well, you know, I just thought that it would be best just to let you know. And I'm like, what are you what are you expecting to get out of this conversation? Because I'm not just going to sit and walk around smiling in the church yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And if you know me, you know, you know that I'm not a mean person, so I don't have to qualify that, yeah. you know? I think that's a reflection of what in church, how we expect women, what, what, what role we have for women to play. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that person expected you to fill a role in the church and in their mind you were not filling that role exactly you know like we want we're fine with women teaching sunday school in fact mostly women <laughs> teach sunday school okay <laughs> like we're fine with women leading women's bible studies mm-hmm. we are okay with that um sometimes we will let them do music just once in a while but there's a specific role for women to play and if you don't fit that role then what i have found is that there's going to be you know, controversy and somebody's going to bring it to your attention for sure. Yeah. And so after this conversation, because I wasn't going to back down, he wasn't going to back down. I'm like, I completely disagree. And I really have nothing else to say to you. So I'm going to go. And I spoke to my pastor about it. He was like, this is not okay." And then he had a meeting with him and then he brought me in and like basically making this guy apologize because it's like we care for our women. We protect our women and we don't like label them as people who are just here to make us happy that's not their role they're here to work they're here to serve they're here to get fed um they're here to um worship with us and commune with god you know corporately they're not here to make you happy yeah you know and he like got on this dude you know which i was really appreciative about and that is not something that our leadership at at least at our church our current church that is not what they stand for at all yeah so i appreciated that yeah because and and honestly from what we have what we hear from a lot of people um that's not common the experience you had in terms of having pastoral support to come back and be like bro you are out of line here um you know i I think sometimes it's easy to try to not make waves and and just go well let's just you know maybe all sides are good but i mean to to have that support is fantastic and i think the reason why i wanted to bring that up is because i hear that so often and i know that there are other people who feel that way and i'm like i'm it's not just my church it's not an isolated event Mm. this is like a norm unfortunately and it should be addressed so it sounds like what we're talking about, at least to start off, is some issues of misogyny. Absolutely. Where else do we see it in the church? Are there are there other issues that you guys? I'm. I'm oh, yeah. Jen. Jen is <laughs> winding up. <laughs> no, see, I'm going to say at at our particular church, I really feel like we're pretty good about that. Um, <laughs> the most, okay, the worst cases of misogyny I've seen in my personal experience, not necessarily at Faith Baptist. Uh, when I was in the Air Force, I was asked to do God and Country Day where I put on my dress blues and I take my Air Force flag and I march down and I'm very proud. 
and I actually had a woman come up to me after and ask, is that a real uniform? In a way that suggested it was like a uniform I went and bought or that perhaps I dance on the side and it has Velcro. Oh, no. I was in for 10 years. I deployed. How dare is how I felt. But you know what? My I, I just was like, yeah, of course. And I just left it. But clearly I've been harboring a, a grudge for years. Yeah. Um, and I would say the worst, the worst misogyny I see big church is in this. I feel heavy about this because of my daughter. I see so many things about women and girls being told to be modest, but I never see anything telling boys to capture their thoughts, control your eyes, um, search your hearts. So that is really something that I would love to see change because I've heard sermons telling women, be careful, you can cause us to stumble. But I've never heard one that told guys, hey, when you get out in the real world, when you're not around Christian girls who wear T-shirts under their V-necks, there might be a girl who has parts of her body showing, and you might have to control yourself. I'd love if we'd start teaching that. If I see another Christian woman post something about how she's afraid her little boy is going to be accused of rape because he slept with someone when he was drunk and she was drunk, and I'm like, really, Christian lady, your main concern is is that she's going to accuse him of rape and not that your Christian son is doing that in the first place. Yeah. So that's, that's something I'd love to see addressed across like in the world, not necessarily here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Jeff's going to yeah. just censor everything I say. No, no. Not, at no I not at all. Completely. I'm not going to censor anything. I, I, I'm going to change your name, but it's, <laughs> thank I you, think, Susan. I think that <laughs> <laughs> call me Gomer. <laughs> Well, I think probably each of the things that we're talking about speak to like the phase of the phase of parenting that we're in because I know that's probably a big issue because you've got kids that are like teenagers, right? Like yeah. for me, I feel like uh, my uh, what I really worried about and I, I have to and I'm still working through is how do I teach my daughters and my son that. Um, you you're you have to figure out what God has called you to do, and it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I want them to know and grow in and embrace. And it, how do I do that in a church where they're not going to they might not see a woman speaking? How do I do that? Like I so that's I mean that's it's disappointing that there are a lot of churches who still are going to relegate women to certain ministries just because they're a woman and not because not based on the fact that one a woman might be a gifted public speaker or have leadership qualities um, that were given to her by God. Um, so my struggle is teaching my daughters that um, without any real life example that I can, I mean, but and my husband and I have talked about this and kind of where we land is that they have, they already have like a skewed image of gender roles anyway. I mean, my daughter, my, my seven-year-old was like, wait, dads go to work? Like, <laughs> I love like it. she, she just assumed, she just thought all lawyers were women. Like, so she just, that's just, she was like, there are men. So it's very feminine to her for women to go out and work and for men to stay home and take care of babies all day. 
<laughs> so. Jeff thought all cats were girls. So. <laughs> I still Similar. That. Yeah. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's difficult because I want them to step into the roles that God has prepared in advance for them. Um, and I don't want them to worry about, well, I can't do this. I, well, all I can do is like bring casseroles and teach Sunday school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. like that's a, that's a real struggle. Um, how do I, how do I get that across to them? So that's, I think that's a real issue in the church right now. So representation is important to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so would you look at, and you say, you can't see examples that you would show your daughter of a woman up on stage leading and maybe singing and playing piano <laughs> and praying <laughs> and guiding people in that you would say if only there was someone <laughs> who could do that so i think it's different from uh, yeah they do obviously they're right. watching me on tv right from our living room <laughs> right sing songs and pray but i i mean i want them to get good godly instruction from a woman I think that that's important. And I think it shouldn't just be, you know, I personally have a problem with them only receiving um, that type of instruction from men. Well, I have a question um, because my kids receive godly instruction from a woman. That's me at home mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> you know, like I feel so the Bible is always clear and that's going to always be where I go. Um, and there are certain scriptures that are very specific about what roles women should play in the church. Um, and it's clear, like, especially in First Timothy, mm-hmm. that women should not preach. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it didn't say that a woman can't stand on the pulpit. It didn't say that. It mm-hmm. didn't say that a woman could not sing. It didn't say that. Like, so there, I think that there are places where women can be front and center but it's very specific that women cannot teach or have authority over men in the church not in other areas you know what i'm saying so i this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna disagree and that's okay but i have really i've studied that scripture um, and i know that people disagree on what the meaning of that scripture is okay um because i've read that the purpose of that scripture was something entirely different for the audience that it was written to. But rather than get into the nitty gritty of what the words actually meant and how we interpret them, I, from my standpoint, what I and what I've gone back and forth with other people in this church about is if that's really truly, if it's a hard line approach of women shouldn't be in leadership over men, which honestly, that's how I was raised. That's how up until I became a mom, that's really what I what I thought as well, and there are okay. people that I that are near and dear to my heart who 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 also think the same way. So mm-hmm. I do, I'm not dumping on what you said. No, it's fine. Don't <laughs> don't talk about don't, me behind don't my back. Don't back down. <laughs> She's an eight. She no, won't respect saying, you. Here it comes. Fire! Say it up. No, say but what I always get back to is if that's really what we think, why are we not implementing it? Because women are in charge of it at this church. Women yeah. are leading the children's ministry, mm-hmm. the entire children's ministry. Right. And um, last time I checked, we had young boys in that ministry. I mean, so. and Well, the I, Bible is clear that women can teach children. So what happens when a, when a boy turns 12? Like when are women no longer able to teach boys? One, that's one issue I have. Okay. I mean, should we need to have gender segregated 
everything. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, how do we implement that? And I, I really hope if women, if we really believe that women cannot be in spiritual leadership over men, then I hope that none of the material that men are relying on in their sermons was authored by a woman. Okay. So that's, those are, I, I think there's a, from my perspective, there's a logical issue with how we implement it. And I don't see it in the action of Christ. Um, the way that he treated women, I see his action the same as he treated men. And I I see in my own life, women, there are women who are gifted leaders. Oh, there are absolutely. women who are gifted public speakers and women who are teachers of scripture much better than Um, but I don't I don't know how you implement that in a way that's logical and that makes sense and that's scriptural Um, so that's that's where I'm coming down on it I I don't know how we how we do that because we're not even doing it in our churches now yeah I I say it but we're not doing it yeah I think our our churches are definitely definitely fallible they're not perfect um, because I don't I, I they're run by humans who aren't perfect. Um, however, I believe that there are spaces in which women can teach um, and and stand and and even I guess not I guess preach the word of God or evangelize. But I believe that, and I think the reason why First uh, Timothy was written was because they were building a church. They were building a church, and they wanted to talk about the roles in which the church would run, and they wanted men qualified men to be the ones that were the head over the church not just because of preaching but about what what all like the elders are supposed to be doing they don't just research the bible come up with a sermon and teach that is not the job the holistic job of a pastor they shepherd the whole congregation is their responsibility to shepherd the church and that is not the hierarchy that God wanted women to have. Yes, you can help. You are the helpers. And I think that there should be a platform in the church where elders and deacons and leaders listen and hear from the women because they have a perspective that men don't have. And they are teaching the children and they are teaching women in the women's Bible studies <laughs> and things like that. And so I believe that I, I honestly feel like if if elders and, and pastors or whatever, if they had a um, like a set space where women can talk and 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 give their perspective on things, that I don't think that there would be this push of I wanna be a woman pastor because I feel like there would be a space where they could be heard. Now, if you wanted to um, evangelize, prophesy, the Bible is clear that women can do that outside of the church. <laughs> if you want to speak, if you want to teach, there's YouTube. You can preach every <laughs> single day if you want to, you know. But as far as being an elder, a shepherd in the church, that is what the scripture says a man should do. So I, yeah, so I haven't seen any churches do that but that, a, but a, that doesn't whether there's no church that does it the bible says you should so and that's where we're going to disagree because i think the way that i've heard different people interpret those passages of scripture many different ways and the way that makes the most logical sense to me is that the gift of leadership and is not based on gender because i don't see it in the actions of christ 
But I, having said that, I will also say that each church has its own way of doing ministry and its own culture, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that if they're following the Bible. Like, you have to submit. We can't submit how I do things based on what the world and my culture and how I feel and how I was raised. We want to, but if our foundation isn't the Bible, then it's something else. Yeah, I, def- I, I <laughs> and, definitely and first, agree with you. And in First Timothy, where it says women should not speak or take authoritative stances over men, it didn't say unless or if. It said period. Women should not have but authority we're, but over. But we're doing it. And that's sin. I mean, every church. <laughs> every, can I interject? Yeah. <laughs> so the way I've understood it, and so I'll, maybe I'll pitch in, because you both have a background in the church where you're like, this is how I was raised seeing it. I, I wasn't. So the way that I understand it, and just like limited study, is that there are relative statements that are relative to the culture. So you have like First Timothy that says women can't teach. You have First Corinthians that said women should be quiet, don't speak. But you also have in First Corinthians where it says, men don't have long hair, you bring shame. But also when you dig into that, the whole thing was it was a cultural stumbling block for the men to have long hair. So it wasn't that it was a sin for men to have long hair. It was it's going to prevent you from from speaking the gospel. It's going to make people not listen to you. So I'm looking, I mean, when I look at First Corinthians and First Timothy, I'm going, well, the women weren't educated because they were not even seen as people. <laughs> they didn't have names. They were seen as property. So what I've, what I've always said in response to that, and look, I don't want to be a woman pastor. I don't like public speaking, but I have the same degree he does. So nobody better tell me, like, you're not allowed to speak because I'm as educated as him. And we have access to the Bible now. The women back then, from my understanding, couldn't read. So how were they going to teach? Like, that's how I've always looked at it. Um, I don't know if that's... I, I look at those things about women as that was... The I cul- did, yeah. I, it was I, the culture. And then you had Jesus come in and subvert all that. He, he didn't teach in the temple. He taught out in the open where he knew the women could hear. He taught women in private settings. Uh, Mary sat at his feet, which was commonly... That was common for, for when you were being taught. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for men. So I'm, I'm seeing him do these things with women that in that culture, they weren't normally done. So to me, that's when I read First Timothy and First Corinthians, I'm going, well, that was a relative statement to that culture. But then is there any other statement in the within the Bible that that says that this is something that is cool for a woman to have authority right. over men in what the church. What about Phoebe and Paul? What about Phoebe coming and being introduced as someone who's going to come and teach and lead? But um, it wasn't in the church. Yes, absolutely it was no, in the church. Phoebe did not teach in the church. She taught in her home. Mm, well... I think we disagree then. I mean, I, and I think and I think logical minds disagree on how those passages are interpreted, whether it was strictly to a particular culture. I mean, we're going to disagree on that. But I haven't I have not seen or heard a way that makes sense to implement that as a bright line rule. As I said, I mean, how do you how do you do that? So women can teach boys under the age of 12 and once they turn 12 they have to be taught by a man i mean i guess within your church if you feel like a 12 year old is considered a man some well, churches feel age? like I, don't. I, don't, I, I think it <laughs> and i think that it's within your church if you're like you know what 
after you, I guess, graduate from the children's ministry at whatever age you guys are, whatever, you are now a man, you're going to subject yourself to, um, you know, the pastor, but still, even so within the church, the head, the actual head and all the leaders will submit to this one head. It's a man. Oh, see, I disagree. And that's okay. And I, I can't mean, find anywhere else in scripture that says that it's okay for a woman to be a pastor or an elder. Yeah. If I could find one elder, yeah. just one, then I would not have this argument. But there is no elder ever mentioned in the Bible that's a well, female. I, and that's where I would go back to. The Bible was written at a time when women didn't have much of a role in anything. I like, understand. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, so but if I, the Bible saying that it's, it's clear that these are the things that we are not going to do, you know, we're not going to have leaders that are women within the church and these things, and these are hi the hierarchy. And why? In First Timothy, it talks about why women should be subjected to men for their safety and, you know, all this stuff. So if, if, if this was just for this time period, then I can see that, or I would believe that God who says, if you want any answer, uh, questions answered, you look to my word everything is here yeah then i'm gonna see a woman who is leading in the church now i'm a leader i don't have to stand up in a pulpit to do it i can talk about it right here <laughs> yeah. which is what i'm doing yeah. i can get a youtube video i can get I get out in the streets and i could proclaim the gospel and it's in the bible that women did that so i find my roles if i really if you're like women should teach go teach where it's appropriate, where the Bible says it's appropriate. Yeah, and so that's where, not, and that's okay that we disagree, but that's where we're going to disagree because I don't, I don't see any support, um, and I, 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 I think we're cherry picking verses that we're going to apply literally and verses that we're going to look at the context in which it was written. Um, so if we're again, I, I, I don't know how we apply that scripture literally. I, what does that actually look like? How do we do that? Because that's when I think we start to see some pretty illogical results. Like if women can't be in leadership over men, how do you, as Jeff pointed out earlier, women do most of the heavy lifting in church. So does that mean that I can bring a casserole, but I can't pray? Like no, no, no. And I mean, <laughs> praying, praying isn't leading anyone like yeah. like that when is, i pray from the stage after i finish a song that's no, not a leadership of, thing well i am standing in front of everyone and but guiding a prayer for guiding, everyone yeah you're guiding a prayer but men are not subjective to you when you pray so are they just listening and not participating in that they're, no but they're not they're not like under your authority you're not leading I think they them are. so i would argue that they are because they're coming and they're worshiping in a way that i'm guiding from the stage as a woman I'm praying and I'm taking that prayer in a direction that I know and that God has given me, um, but nobody else is involved in that process. So unless as a man, you're standing in the sanctuary and you're just totally tuned out because this is a woman I'm not going to subject. But um, if you're participating, you're under my leadership at that moment. Right. But then you're under leadership of your pastor. How? Because does he know what I'm praying. What I'm saying is, and I'm hoping that it's true. <laughs> True. Yeah. That you you fall under submission to your pastor. But you how? don't. What do you? But how? But, uh, but he doesn't know what I'm gonna say. No, but I'm right. I'm sure that you're not gonna pray something that's off. But how do you, you know, know though? How does he know? So he, at that moment, all I'm saying is at that moment, 
they've got me, a woman, on okay. the stage right. leading a song. I'm going to take the song whatever direction I feel that God's leading me to take it. And I'm going to lead a prayer that I feel that God's taking me in whatever direction I feel. Right. They don't know what I'm going to pray. Right. And they have to trust that I know from in my relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. um, that I know how to lead the congregation in prayer and in right. worship. Right. At that moment, they have no control over what I'm going to say. I mean... And they haven't, we haven't even discussed it usually. Yeah, but I don't, but you're not the shepherd of them in this church. So So I would argue that I am. In that moment in worship, (laughs) I would argue that I am. So I guess, tell me how it's different then. Because so to me, I feel like singing a song or leading in a prayer is, is a way to um, corporately worship one another. And I think that in first Timothy, when it talks about, a man being the head or the like the the person that the Lord looks at and says, these group of people I put under your leadership, so your how, care, your how ultimate. Is it not shepherding, shepherd. though, when I'm saying everyone open up your heart to the message that's coming. Everyone come with me into worship in the presence of God. You're all going to come follow me into the throne room of heaven. Yeah. But who gave you that authority? I really feel like I was born with that ability. No, I'm saying within the church, your pastor yeah, has and given this, you that That's right. Thing. In this church where there are no women who are elders and there are no women who are pastors, that you're absolutely right. Yeah. That that authority came from a man. Yeah. yeah. And but the ultimate that, authority within your church and everything that happens is under submission. Now, if you step outside of your, you know, uh, outside of, I guess what your pastor would consider appropriate, then he has the authority to sit you down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I guess so. so. so, my, so my, I think we'd have probably had, a much, had, a much larger group of people yeah. if, if that was going to happen. Authority, it would have already happened. So my, my, my thing is your pastor has given people authority to do things. He's given his authority for you to do the work. You're a worker. Right, but when we, you pray, right. when you sing, I mean, <laughs> but and we I, don't have any women pastors at this church, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> and, exactly and I would just, right. I would just, I guess I, I disagree that that act of leading worship and that and leading people in prayer is not an act of also shepherding. So sometimes I will joke around with other people at this church and say, I can share that, but the only way I can share it is if I sing it. (laughs) Because I do believe that there is instruction in music, and I do believe that there's instruction in leadership in leading an entire congregation in prayer. So I'm saying, if if we're going to take that passage of scripture literally, y'all need to have me sit down. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But I don't think, but I also think that... um, you leading worship is yes okay fine you are leading worship but the person who is shepherding these this flock is not you then the i ultimate, would ask what is shepherding then and what i is think it? that that's the I, but i think that is the defining role like you're not giving um people you know like counsel and you're not the ultimate response like responsible person for this group of people but in scripture too women were held responsible Women were absolutely held responsible, the same as men. So, I mean, in this church, yeah, men would be held responsible, but only because there's no, I mean, in the culture of this church, we don't have women serving as elders. We don't have women serving as pastors. Exactly. Um, So I guess where we're coming down on is that I feel that women um, have the gift of leadership, and I feel that women are very capable of leading 
um, and speaking and pastoring and shepherding. Um, so I, I think that we're missing out on women using those gifts and those talents. But I don't think what I'm doing is any different. I mean, different in practical ways, possibly. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not allowed to stand up at a pulpit and speak and give biblical instruction, but I am doing it through song, and I am doing it in praying. Because I don't have anyone, yeah, if I, if I go off the rails one Sunday, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they would ask me to sit down the next Sunday, but that, it's because there are, in, this, in the culture of this church, we don't have women in those roles to do that. Well, to so. be fair, if he went off the rails mm-hmm. and just started swearing. That's true, like, yeah. <laughs> they, he would also sit down, I would hope. And that's, <laughs> and, but I, I, think, I think that's the point, like all of the leaders um, ministry leaders within the church are ultimately under subjection of the pastor. Like we could even look at Adam and Eve. Sure, Eve could do whatever she wanted, and of course she was punished for it. But ultimately, the Lord looked at Adam. He was the main person. He was like, "Why did you not watch over your wife? That was your job. Your pastor watches over and is responsible for the flock." Now he, the pastor, could give jobs to whoever he wants to give jobs to, but. Ultimately, if anything is to happen, the Lord is going to look at your pastor first and say, your responsibility is these this these group of people that I have given to you. And that's not women. So I get. Yeah. So I'm going to disagree again because Adam and Eve were both asked to leave the garden. Yeah. Eve got a, a what I consider to be an overly harsh penalty of childbirth <laughs> <laughs> and just my personal Ouch. opinion. Yeah. And um, I mean, there are lots of examples in scripture of how Abraham and Sarah were both held, both held responsible. And I did say that they both were held responsible, right. but the Lord also looked at the man to say, you are responsible for your wife. Of course, I will also get disciplined for whatever I do wrong. But then my leader is also going to be punished because he is responsible for the people that God's given him. I don't, I don't, and maybe I'm missing something, but I didn't see in Genesis where God came down on Adam and said, you're extra responsible because you're a man. I didn't see that in scripture. I see that both of them were banished from the garden. Both of them had to face, you know, what we're all now facing. And anytime there was a a married couple, both of them got the same consequence. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. I, again, I'm not saying that both of them weren't going to get consequences. Okay. But God also looks at the leader and say, you are responsible for the people I gave you. But I, okay. yeah, I, I don't I see would, that for a husband and wife. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree see with that it being in terms of gender roles, gender lines. Yeah. Right. In, in terms of church leadership and pastoring and shepherding and whatever, I think the difficulty becomes when we look at passages that that are really it largely comes down to two passages in like first Corinthians when we start talking about Paul giving instruction for people in the church Mm -hmm. and when Paul specifically says women are to be silent in the church and pairs that with women are to have no authority over spiritual authority over men the difficulty becomes in our churches women are not silent we don't take that literally right and so the difficulty is then is that people like Brianna will say, you know, and and, and you as well, Jen, I think. Yeah. It, it, I've, we'll, I've heard we'll it followed through to say women shouldn't even be teachers in schools if you follow it all the way through. Right. I know there are some people who actually believe that. Like they, they take yeah. that verse and go, nope, you can't even teach in school. You just stay home. But if we're to say all that right. we are going to literally follow what scripture says, then we should have no women speaking Right. At any point right. in, in the church at all, right? So, and and it's and I think the criticism of of that position is that people say we have women doing 
literally everything in the church, including speaking, leading, singing, and every area except for this one thing. And, and that's a struggle for some people to, to go, you know, it's difficult because we go, we want to be literal people of the Bible, except for this and except for this yeah. and except for this and except for this, but definitely right here. And, and I think that is, that is a difficult, and, and, and for me, honestly, I, I think the challenge that, that I have is when I go, yeah, I, I agree. When when I look at at scripture, scripture doesn't seem to leave a whole lot of room um, for when when in in uh, talking about elders and and using masculine ver- uh, masculine um, words for that. I, I totally agree with that. I think that the struggle that I can sometimes have is when I look back at church history, including Southern Baptist churches. We used to have women preachers. We used to allow women uh, to to be in key leadership roles. And then that changed. And and to look back in history and say these women who clearly were a part of revivals, women who clearly preached and led people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, am I a hundred years later to look back on them and say, God never called them into that. God did not equip them to do that, and they are in sin and all of those converts are false. And I can't do that. And and that's that's a struggle. And, and when I like right now, a big issue that's happening in the Southern Baptist church is that there are Southern Baptist churches, um, Saddleback most recently, huge, you know, Rick Warren's church came out and said, yeah, we're going to ordain three women, um, into pastor positions. And so it, it, it's difficult because I, I think ultimately we can get bogged down in the, um, and I don't mean to get bogged down, but, but we can get kind of locked in on scripture says this here, but it also says this here, and we try to understand culturally what all that means. It's messy. Um, I don't think it's as clear as we think it is, particularly when we go, there are people currently and in history who seem to have felt called by God to carry out giftedness in this realm. Um, and and I, I, I struggle with going, if there was a woman who came to me and said, uh, I am a pastor in a church and in, in, in not in a Southern Baptist church. Do I feel like I would by do I feel like God would be telling me, no, you need to tell that woman she needs to stand down that God did not call her to do that. And I have a difficult time reconciling that going, I know what God has called me to do. Um, it's difficult for me to stand in the position of other people and say, God did definitely, I know, I, I don't know what God has called you to do, but he definitely didn't call you to do this. Um, I, th- I think it's important to recognize um, at any point when we have conversations like these. Um, I mean, I think it's really funny that we're having this conversation two weeks after um, we had Dr. Mann on because yeah. a lot of the same th- uh, logic with which we were constructing our arguments kind of flows from like the conversation we had on violence where it was like, um, I don't know, like this 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 uh, conflict between conservative interpretation of the Bible and the liberal interpretation right. of the Bible. Um I completely lost where I was going. <laughs> no, right. and a lot of what it comes down to, which I don't, I don't want to focus on the way that we are interpreting scripture. Cause I know, I mean, there's no end to that conversation. So I want to be, I want to be respectful of the viewpoint that you're expressing. Yeah. Raya. But I, I, it's Raya, right? It's, so. <laughs> yes, it's Raya. Oh. <laughs> you know, there's a movie with yeah. okay. Raya and the last <laughs> Raya. It's different. You know. Okay. Spell the so same, I want to be different. respectful of what you're bringing to the yeah. table because it's a viewpoint that a lot of people share and a lot yeah. of people mm-hmm. share that I respect yeah. tremendously. Um, but it's not a viewpoint that I share. And I think that what I want to 
what I just want to pull out of this is that a lot of the results of this are not are not logical. And I'm and I'm the one on the stage at every week like so doing I'm, this. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> so I so I don't I don't share that viewpoint. I do think that when we interpret scripture, it's a method of scriptural interpretation, like Josie was saying. So go ahead. You raised your hand. So go ahead. Yeah. So I remember the thing I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. The important thing to remember in these conversations is that we are, um, when we speak from like the Southern Baptist context, uh, we are not the church. We are a church among many mm-hmm. other churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think about um, growing up, uh, my, my grandmother uh, and my mom was actually raised Methodist. And like, they've got pastors that like rotate, like they're hired by like the whatever their equivalent of the convention is. And then they rotate every couple yes, of years. Like, yes. Um, and there, I think there was like a, a 10 year stretch where my grandmother's church had a women pastor. Um, and like, to me, there was, I, I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to say that like that entire wing of Christianity is like living in sin. Um, that, that to me feels like it would be incorrect. I look at things like um, we we talk about uh, in Judges. We had Deborah, the one of the judges, um, and like, that's a clear example of like female leadership. And in my examination of the trends of Christianity, of of like uh, ending the old covenant and starting the new covenant, like things don't tend to get more restrictive uh, between the old covenant and the new covenant. Like the whole concept of Jesus coming back was to free us from these. Um, th- this restrictive covenant and and to give us uh, this this freedom that we have in in like the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it to me, we're getting hung up on um, and I know like I, I think we're 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 hanging out on very specific. Uh, um, you're arguing like a very specific point, and yeah. you're arguing a very broad point. Mm-hmm. Point to the yeah. Uh, and we know that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they know what they're doing. I know, they're I know, just mansplain. We're aware of that. I don't mean I don't mean to mansplain. I just need to be like be clear with myself because I can never speak clearly. Um, <laughs> I do that too. Don't feel bad. I do. She mansplains at home <laughs> to and myself. I don't know. I I like. I think we all know. Like this is a super messy issue like jeff just said now i mansplain jeff yeah (laughs) well i would say this i I think it's a messy issue i think it's an issue that christians who love jesus can disagree on i think the issue is how we disagree and i want to commend everybody in the circle for having a a longish disagreement for this podcast and and conducting it in a way that i think is a good model for other people to go we can have conversations about these things and still go, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. And, and I have no issues. That's how women do it, That's Jeff. how we do. That's, That's how, how women do, do it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so here's what I, I know. We, we've, we're we kind of running low on time, and I would love to just, you know what? I'm going to make an executive decision. We're going to do, we're, the women. it's just a women's podcast now. Uh, so <laughs> Monday's at 4 o'clock. Um, <laughs> Now here's I I got a couple more things I want to ask you guys and 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 get your perspectives because as as we've said all of you are involved in ministry in some way or another, and I'd love to just hear like what is your vantage point like like what do you see happening behind the scenes in the church that you just go man I really wish we could kind of speak to this and that that people in the church would maybe know this. I'll go. Um, I have a couple of things. I'll try to keep them <laughs> short. That's, that's the She's going to be peacemaking. (laughs) No. So so kind of piggybacking on what Brianna said. Number one, let me say faith for being a pastor's wife. Number one, I've never been a senior pastor's wife because I've heard that can be a nightmare. But 
faith has been amazing. I don't feel like people have, people haven't been expecting me to come over and like clean their toilets or <laughs> bake them food or nothing like that. But one thing I, I would like, I don't know, I guess I would like people to know. Kind of like Brianna said, we are not a traditional couple in a lot of ways in that I have always, and like not to emasculate Jeff at all, he works very hard. He works a lot more than I do. Uh, but it has always because ministry is not a money maker and you normally don't get benefits at church, I have always been the primary breadwinner. And um, especially when our kids were younger, I worked from home for 10 years with kids who were not in daycare, did two master's degrees during that time, uh, all, almost all the housework and cooking, if you recall, because you weren't great at marriage back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. You, you know, were really busy. Hey, you're not lying. He <laughs> was super busy with ministry. Um, and... I still, I, I coached all the upward soccer and basketball. I taught the, you know, puggles because my kids were in puggles and puggles was awful. It was like, these kids are not old enough to do anything. So you're just chasing them around. That's all you're doing. Oh, but I felt like if someone's got to do that with my kids, it might as well be me. You know, I volunteered in the nursery when my kids were young enough. And as they've gotten older, I don't do that anymore because um, I'm doing all the things previously mentioned. And mm. I have heard from a couple of friends that people at church have bad-mouthed me. <gasps> it's me. It's me. <laughs> I heard it was Brianna. <laughs> no, I'll just tell you to your face. I yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Both of these ladies would. And that's the kind of ladies I prefer. And yeah, I'd like to put that out there. Like, if you have a thought about someone like that, maybe you approach it in a biblical way. Um, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Um, but just, you know, I... F- feel no conviction about this. This is my ministry it is to, to, I feel like support Jeff's ministry. So wait, you know? how have they bad mouthed you? Like, why isn't she doing more? Why isn't she oh in the nursery every week? And I'm like, well, because all, if everybody who had a small child, barring the people who are doing something else like Brianna, uh, if they took a week in the nursery, then we'd be fine. I My belief is if you have a baby or a child in the nursery and you're not volunteering elsewhere, that's your time to volunteer in the nursery. My kids are big. I don't need to anymore. <laughs> I have other things to do, you know. Um, wow. So I would just, I think it would be nice if people would be aware of that. Like a pastor's wife is also is somebody who's working 40, 50 hours a week and maybe doing school and has middle school and high schoolers who have other things happening and they're running a house and and maybe don't talk bad about them because they're not as involved um, because you're not the one you know financially supporting you know not surprisingly these apparently these people who were saying these things uh don't have kids so i get that like maybe if you don't have kids but it, you know, yeah. like not to call people out because I wouldn't say their names. But, but their names are. <laughs> but their names are written <laughs> down for maybe, all to see. <laughs> maybe people, I've never had anybody say anything to my face. I feel like mm. people have been so incredibly supportive and loving to our family overall here at Faith. But, you know, maybe if you're going to talk about a pastor's wife, you know, I, I feel like there's a couple of other pastor's wives at this church who are in a similar situation mm-hmm. to me. Maybe remember that they're doing a lot of things that you don't know about. Well, one um, of the things I really like when Tim came on here and we were, um, he was going through the search process and I was a part of, you know, I was a part of the meetings where people could ask him questions and, and he went before the deacons at the time and they asked a question about his wife, Jill. And, and Tim was like, let me stop you real quick. You are hiring me. You are not hiring my wife. Like my wife has her own thing and her own calling. And just because we're coming as a team does not mean that she now gets these expectations put on her. I'm protecting my family in that way to say, 
I will be the one that you are hiring. You don't get to just start. And, and not that people were saying, we want your wife to do this, this, this. I'm not, not trying to put that out there, but, but very much it was a, you know, what is her involvement going to be? And Tim's like, whatever God calls her to do, you know, and that's, that's going to be the end of it. And, yeah, and that's uh, up. That's between her and God. And yeah. like, I consider it an honor too, because I, I do think you're incredibly gifted by God. And I do think that's your calling. And so if I can take some of the burden off of the, the other areas, because I'm completely untalented <laughs> in the kind of gifts that you have, well, this is how I contribute. That's my ministry. Yeah. Um, so not, I wasn't, you know, to be clear, I'm not complaining. I, I think your job is amazing. I do a great job at it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Ladies, you got anything else that you, that you see from your perspectives, things that you go, man, this is, uh, this is really on my heart and what I, what I see happening. And let me spin it this way. Then we'll kind of get to the last question. What is your hope and your wish for where the church would be and where it would go? What think, would you like it to do? I think my hope is that, um, the, the leadership which of course is predominantly men would see so much value in women and give them like give them space to talk give them an outlet to be able to say how they interpret scripture or say what they feel like the church like the direction should be going now ultimately I believe that the elders should make the ultimate decision but a lot of times um those meetings about the direction that the church should go in or whatever is like closed door all men Mm. and like you guys say there's predominantly women in the church Mm -hmm. and we do a whole lot of things in front and behind the scenes that they just don't know and then you make a decision with limited information and it may not necessarily be the wisest or the most productive or the most financially beneficial or whatever time consuming whatever the case may be and I feel like if you would have a platform where women could say hey can I give you my perspective before you make your ultimate decision Mm -hmm. Um, because women were given to help so let us help you because If you don't, then you'll mess up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you'll be right there to let us know you messed up. And I mean, I've, I've dealt with that being the administrative assistant at our church starting out. Um, I was very reserved um, as the worker because I didn't want to overstep because I know I had this powerful personality, but they would ask my opinion and I would give it. Hey, you asked. I will give mm-hmm. it the way that I give it. Yeah. And um, they're like, yeah, you know, nah, I think we're going to go another route. And I'm like, okay, so let me just tell you that I believe if you go this route, this and this will happen. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I feel you, but we're still going to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. And then they realize we should have listened to Sharia. Yeah. And so, and it's a learning process. And I feel like sometimes learning processes need to happen because now, they come to me and they ask, yeah. you know, sure, I'm just going to let you take over this project or I'm going to let you spearhead it because, you know, last time you gave really solid advice. And my, my pastors come to me and they talk to me. They ask me for advice. If I'm sitting in the audience, I mean, in the in the office and my pastor's going through his notes, he's like, let me read something to you. And I want you to tell me what you mm. get from it. And I'll tell him. He's like, cool. And then he'll start. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, like, absolutely. My church is so cool. Like, I mean, <laughs> not to like down anybody else's church, but my like the leadership that we have, like they value 
women a lot. And I really appreciate that. And it's so sad because I've attended a lot of different churches where they don't. Mm. And I just see the value of having women be more um, prominent or just have a voice. I think it's just it's so beneficial. Mm. Got anything? I do. Oh, good. So I, I my hope for uh, ministry is that the people who are doing ministry are the people who are gifted in ministry. And mm. I hope that the people who are filling leadership roles are the ones who are called to it and who recognize their calling. And I hope if they're honestly, I hope if there's somebody listening who is a woman or a girl, and I just want to tell you, you are not too much. Yeah. <laughs> you are not over the top. Um, and I, I hope that women, especially young women, um, embrace the role in ministry that God has prepared for them in advance. And I truly hope that, I, I mean, I, I feel that, the church in general is tiptoeing up to the line of giving women more and more and more responsibility and stopping short of just having them preach. And I feel that that's an antiquated idea. And I don't feel that ministry is going to be effective until we allow, open the door for women to fill the role that God's given them to fill and allow um, a place for uh, women to, exercise the leadership roles that are given by the Holy Spirit. That's how I feel. And I I hope that that changes. I hope it changes soon. But until then, I mean, all I can, I mean, what I'm, as I, I think I said earlier, what I'm doing now in my, in my own home is teaching my girls, like, church, in our church, they do a lot of awesome things, and they do a lot of things right. Um, but this is one area that traditionally and culturally Women don't preach, and it's not something that I believe is right. Um, but this is what you're going to have modeled for you, mm. um, and I'm kind of, and I am worried about that because I didn't grow up that way. I grew up receiving instruction from women, and seeing my dad receive instruction from women from a pulpit. Um, so I'm I worry about what that what impact that's going to have on them, um, and I want them to, but I I'm I'm trying to correct that in my. For now, that's how I'm handling it. But I hope that as time goes on and as we continue to give women more and more responsibility, which I think is awesome, I hope that the um, climate changes. And I see it beginning to change, like with what Saddleback has done. I know in a lot of Orthodox, even in Orthodox Jewish um, um, congregations, they're talking about having women. I mean, the, the idea is if people are given the gift of leadership, in ministry, they should be allowed to exercise it. It shouldn't be based on their gender. So that's what I hope to see as time goes on. Baby, what I, do you hope for the church? I really don't have a ton that I hope for the church. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I'm just hope. kidding. I have um, no hope. I have a I list. Have no <laughs> I have zero hope. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've said a lot about what I, I hope yeah. for the church. Um, I, I would hope, you know, I guess... And you can cut this out if you want to, but sort of piggybacking off of Tim's sermon recently, I would I would hope, you know, for all churches, because I think it's been a really rough year for churches with COVID and all just all the stuff happening in the world, very polarizing things. Um, I would I would hope that people would give their pastors uh, the benefit of the doubt unless the past the pastor is, you know, really, really like clearly doing something wrong, not just disagreeing with your opinion. Mm. Um you know, I think if your pastor says BLM, you know, I don't think it gives you the right to verbally abuse him. I don't think that's what Jesus would do. 
Right. And I would just love to see, I would love to see the, the church and especially, you know, the mature Christians behave in the way that Jesus would. So like if Jesus wouldn't call people savages and animals, maybe mm. you shouldn't, you know, if Jesus wouldn't say awful things about Kamala and AOC and Hillary, you probably shouldn't. I'd love for our girls not to grow up seeing men talk about women that way. Right. Um, and not treating our pastors that way. Yes, they are, you know, called to serve, absolutely. But them having a difference of opinion doesn't give you, uh, you know, the right to, to act in a way that Jesus wouldn't. We're here for Jesus, right? Mm. So, and I mean, I'm speaking to myself, too. I, def- I definitely have to WWJD it, and, <laughs> and, I, and I fail a lot, you know. I, I do. But, of course, uh, I don't know. I, I love to see some some mature Christians that have made me sad this year examine some of the things they say and and make a change. Yeah. Be the change. Be the change you want to be. And, and to be clear, <laughs> I did not tell you to say any of that. No, you didn't. No. You don't want me to say half the things I say. <laughs> no. This is why you never hear me speak, and they're going to cut out. This is going to be no. Brianna and Rhea, as well no. it should be. No. Can, can, I, can I tag on a, a manly admonishment as well you can try it's in it's in keeping with this i think um assuming uh i don't want to say assuming you're right but assuming that uh the 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 uh theological standpoint of um this this uh discrepancy in status uh for for women and men in in christianity is accurate assuming that you as a man have a, a moral and spiritual obligation to take care of the women around you um why do not be hung up on this issue yeah. if you are not willing to accept the consequences of what that decision entails. Yeah. Um, if you are not willing to stand up for victims of sexual assault, if you are not willing to uh, stand up for victims of verbal assault, if you're not willing to protect the women in your life, in your church, in your community, um, uh, maybe not even in your community. If you're not willing to protect women, period, uh, don't take away their options. Like, Don't take away their status and treat them as lesser. If you aren't willing to protect them as lesser, that's and the word. My yeah. <laughs> my moral stance is is to do both: to treat them as equal but separate, or equal but different, but also to treat them as as important to God and as important people. Um, even though I don't know, I don't know, equal. I, I totally agree. Equal. <laughs> every time, every time yeah. we listen to this podcast, Jen's like. Josie's my favorite person in this podcast. <laughs> and now I know why. <sighs> just, and he always like brings in at the last minute and you're like, yeah, okay. Sorry, I just keep, I keep looking at this, like the, the sexual harassment stuff from yeah. the executive committee and it like just has been bugging me the entire sure. time we've been sitting here. Sure. It's infuriate. Either we are fragile flowers that need your protection or we are the nasty words you call us or, when you and, disagree with and us. And also, I think Raya pointed out too, like, don't just be just be all the decision makers and be like, now women go carry it out. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like that's saying? not my conviction. If you would have spoke to me, I have something else that I right. think you should like, do. Right. Like that's not that's not right. You know. I so, agree with that. Yeah, we we're just gonna make all the decisions, and then we need the women to carry it out. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Ladies, thank you so much for being on. So I know we're out of time for for the other little segments, but I do want to hit confession real quick, and I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm I'm just going to do a quick confession on on my behalf, but also on behalf of, uh, I would say, and I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I mean, you know, what? here's a good thing. Most of the people who are going to be ticked off by this issue turned out long ago. <laughs> um, I don't feel like the church 
that has been primarily predominantly male dominated, uh, at least in our in our community, um, has done a very good job of listening and honoring women. Um, I think we we love them. And we want to, uh, we see ourselves as, as protectors and guides of them, but haven't really done a great job of uh, giving them space at the table and listening. Um, I think things are improving in that regard. I know that I haven't been a part of that largely, uh, and, and that has changed over time, and I hope that I get better in that. Um, and, and so I want to, I, you know, confess that I don't think we're, we're hitting the, the nail right on the head yet. I think, again, we have moved the needle in a positive direction. I hope we keep moving it some way. Uh, but I also want to hit up and just segue right into our great Christian people. Uh, this is going to surprise absolutely no one. Uh, it's the three ladies on the panel, um, who I, I do believe, you know, we said you guys are not representative of whatever, but I, I do think you guys are representative, um, of, of people that God has called into our church that makes the church better. Um, the church is better because of, uh, and I had to say strong women like you, because there's some women I think you would identify and go, I don't feel like I have that personality. We are better because of you as well. Um, if, if I had, God didn't just call just men to just do everything in the church, uh, which is clearly the case as we have relegated most of the responsibilities to women, uh, in that regard. Um, but we are, we are super grateful for all of you. Uh, we need your voice. We need your, um, your insight and your direction. Um, I have been blessed by all of you guys and particularly, uh, I really want to highlight, uh, the lady sitting next to me. Uh, my wife is my, my greatest Christian person, uh, because very early on in, um, in ministry, uh, I don't think this is wrong to say, you, you, I think you've said it, you met Jesus later in life. And when we got together, I was kind of like, oh, I can spiritually take care of you. Mm. And, (laughs) and very quickly found out, uh, what it's like to be married to a strong woman who also has a love for Jesus that I think sometimes uh, eclipses my own. And then when I would come home and I would do things and I would, I would lead in a way, um, you were very good at making sure I did not become a Pharisee. Uh, (laughs) You, you pointed out my hypocrisy at every turn and you still do. Uh, But it has made me a better, it has made me a better leader. It has made me a better husband and better father because you will call my crap out all the time. And, and if I didn't have that, uh, I would be who I was 17 years ago, and nobody likes that. Imagine if you had a nice wife. That would I know, be terrible. I, just, I think <laughs> oh, about no. it daily. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So, I, I'm, ladies, I'm super grateful for, for all of you and for the, the work that you do in our communities. Uh, and we are, we are really, really blessed by you and, and just really appreciate all the time that you guys have given. Um, I'm going to just segue into the end because I think if I let you guys start talking again, we are never getting out of here. <laughs> never, ever. Uh, so <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for hanging with us. If you haven't already, email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on these things, and we will make sure that we will forward all of the negative things to uh, these ladies, and they will write you some emails back. You can follow us at Facebook and Twitter at GCPpod. Next week, Tim is back, and we will have a rousing conversation breaking down the events of this week's Southern Baptist Convention convention. We'll take a look at where we stand and seek to understand the way forward. We want to honor Christ in every way possible and have the tough conversations to the glory of God. And until then... Be good.
you're listening to Good Christian People, the podcast. Today's episode was recorded on Monday, June 14th, 2021, by Jeff Higgins and Tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful Glenburnie, Maryland. If you'd like to hear more of that content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Facebook and Twitter at GCPPod. Until then, be, be good. good. <laughs> Very good. I feel like I said that in a really weird voice. No, it's great. Be good. <laughs> Why am I so sweaty? Because it's, oh, it's hot in yeah. here. Oh, I it's just